and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a spoiler-free podcast. So whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thank you for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 6, episode 22, Grave. The season finale. Feels like yesterday we were watching Willow murder that deer and resurrect Buffy. All those good times. And here we are. Wow. How'd you feel about this episode, Kara? I think this episode is a pretty good season finale, all things considered. I think it's got some interesting action to it. I think, you know, I like how they try to deal with all the characters. I I don't like everything about this episode and I'm going to be quite harsh in moments. So that's why I want to preface this by saying I'm going to sound very critical throughout this recap. However, overall, I actually do really enjoy this episode and I do really like it. Interesting. I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like it's got more cons than pros and it's Hmm. my least favorite season finale so far out of the six that we've watched oh i i mean yeah like if i were ranking it i feel like i would probably <laughs> come down very similarly to you but what yeah. i'm saying is even so right like i still think it's pretty good um do you have an alternate title i didn't have an alternate title how about you mind i would call it undefeated mm. i think that would be very meaningful for most of the characters here right like buffy and dawn and even spike right it's like okay they they are undefeated okay nice i just want to say off the bat that uh the clunky dialogue in this episode kind of hit me more than i thought it would like i just thought that a lot of the speeches because there are quite a few speeches in this episode i thought most of them kind of fell flat and i don't know if that's because joss whedon just wasn't credited what didn't do the writing for this episode it was you know just the writing staff at this point but i keep comparing this episode to previous season finales just because it's what i like to do i love ranking like remember last season buffy leapt to her death right after giving the most epic speech we've ever heard in our lives right <laughs> and then like oh like i just i wanted that for this episode and i didn't get I mean, it yeah it's it's no becoming part two no of course <laughs> never <laughs> It's no graduation day part two and, either. And I, well, gosh, have, like we never yeah, got that. I have thoughts. Yeah, I have thoughts about that. So uh. let's get into it. Uh, Buffy, who was lying unconscious on the floor. Or maybe we need to do a previously on just to catch everybody up real quick. Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Daddy's home. <laughs> Daddy Giles burst through the door of the magic box to take Willow down just as she was going to lay the smack down on Buffy. Love it. So Buffy, who was lying unconscious on the floor, she gets up and she's like, Giles? And Anya gets up too and she's like, Giles? <laughs> and Willow's like, uh-oh, daddy's home. I'm in wicked trouble now. She she literally says that. That is yeah. not Steph and I making a joke about Giles being daddy. Willow canonically has acknowledged that Giles is daddy. 
<laughs> and Giles says, you have no idea. You have to stop what you're doing. And Willow says, sorry, can't do that. Not finished yet. And Giles says, neither am I. And then he says, stay down. And he like flicks his hand because Willow was trying to get up. But then she falls to the ground again. And my, my note here, I don't know why it has to be here, but it, it's here nonetheless. Does, could Giles just have contacts now? Like, where are his glasses? No. no, so he can't see anything right now. He thought it would be Blind. more dramatic. Or maybe he left his glasses behind in England. He's just, it's all blurry right now. Right? Like, the, the, I guess like, later we'll find out where he got these powers. But I guess like, they just make him perfect sight or something. So, so Will says that's borrowed power and borrowed eyesight. No, she doesn't say that. Uh, that's borrowed power. No way is it going to be strong enough. And Giles says, I'm here to help you. And Willow says, thanks, but I can kill a couple geeks all by myself. But hey, if you'd like to watch, I mean, that's what you watchers are good at, right? Watching, butting in on things that don't concern you. And Giles says, you concern me, Willow. Stay on this path and you'll wind up dead. And Buffy says, Willow, listen to him. I don't want to fight you anymore. Willow says, I don't want to fight you either. I want to fight him. And Willow gets up and Giles tries to use the magic to keep her down again, but she waves it away. She says, remember that little spat we had before you left? When you were under the delusion that you were still relevant here, you called me a rank, arrogant amateur. Well, buckle up, Rupert, because I've turned pro. <laughs> uh, that was the deep magics with a K taking over her body there. Uh, cut to credits. So Willow starts to do a spell, but Giles shoots this flubber ring of green goop around her uh, and it prevents her from moving as as one does. Uh, Willow fights initially, but then she starts to float and she kind of like puts her head back. Lesbian witches famously vulnerable to glowy O's. <laughs> oh, you're so right. This glowy O was her downfall, but like the white glowy O's are, you, you know what a white glowy O is. So Giles says that he contained her and her powers within a binding field. It puts her in a kind of stasis for the time. And then he looks at Buffy and he says, you cut your hair and Buffy goes and hugs him and Anya comes over and says I'm blonde I, I colored my hair again I'm blonde hasn't she always been blonde yeah yeah like at least the last season or two maybe not in season three but like oh she was blonde in tabula rasa that's for sure right so that, that yeah this comment really threw me I I, I feel gaslit I, I have to go back and look at all of Anya's hair now it would have been better if she had said I'm a demon now <laughs> I'm a vengeance demon. Uh, but it's cute because Giles says, yes, I noticed. And he hugs her too. And it's so sweet. Uh, so he goes beside Willow, who is still in her little stasis and says, I'm very sorry about Tara. And Willow says, this won't hold me forever. She's just jealous. She doesn't get a daddy Giles hug. She wishes she was part of that. I guess she's kind of getting his hug through the glowio. In the back room. Giles is telling Buffy that he came as soon as he heard. The council don't have a clue about anything, but an extremely powerful coven in Devon sent the rise of a dangerous magical force here in Sunnydale, a dark force fueled by grief. I had so hoped it wasn't Willow. And then a seer in the coven told me about Tara, and that's when the coven imbued me with their powers. And Buffy says, they sent you here to bring Willow down? And Giles asks what happened here. Willow's clearly been abuse abusing the magics with a K. And Buffy says she was, and I barely even noticed. Oh, I want to add here that Buffy has this habit of feeling like everything is her fault, right? I think that's just the mm -hmm. case of being the slayer. She carries the world on her shoulders. But like in this case, when she's like, I barely noticed. And this whole season, Kara, you and I have been saying, Buffy, that's not your fault. <laughs> 
Buffy, you've been dealing mm. with your own shit, and that's okay. Someone needs to tell Buffy it's okay. So she says, Giles, everything's just been so... Xander left Anya at the altar, and Anya's a vengeance demon again. Dawn's a total klepto. Monty's been so tight that I've been slinging burgers at the Double Meat Palace, and I've been sleeping with Spike. See, this is something Anya could have said earlier instead of her hair comment, right? She could be like, I've slept with Spike, and... Oh my she god, and Buffy that would, have that in common. That would have been so funny if she was like, I slept with Spike. <laughs> or or if she heard Buffy say this and then she was feeling competitive and she's like, I slept with Spike too. So did I, you girl, know, for the record. Who hasn't? Uh, Giles would have been like, Yeah, I know, I watched it on camera. <laughs> like I saw it on the Oh, I forgot we said that. Oh my god. Store cameras. It's so funny because Giles just stares at her for a few moments. And then he just bursts out laughing. And it is so good. So good. It's so good. Tony Head, the way he handles this scene, because he he laughs and then he stops. He's trying to contain himself. And then he starts laughing again. It's hard to do like realistic laughter on command, especially when you have to start and stop. So yeah. the, the, the humor and the physical comedy and the acting here is really good. Yeah. And he's better at like fake laughing than Sarah Michelle Geller is, but I really do love this scene. And Buffy appears annoyed at first that he he's literally like kill, like dying. He's laughing so hard. And Buffy then, because the, the laughter is so infectious, she then joins in on the laughter, right? So it actually, it's, a, it's such a nice release. Like when was the last time we saw these characters laughing together? I literally can't tell you when the last time that was. And really there is no other way for Buffy to trauma dump all this information onto Giles and handle it gracefully than to just laugh because honestly sometimes laughter is the best therapy it's the best healing well it also shows that despite giles promise that to don you know you can call me anytime nobody has been talking to giles on the phone yeah no one bothered and also giles understands regret when it comes to bad partners because remember he used to bang ethan rain <laughs> mm-hmm. so he's like i cannot throw stones my friend <laughs> so anya is starting to clean up the store as Willow starts talking to her telepathically. And she's like, Anya, I need you, Anya. I need you to do something for me. And Anya's like, I know what you're trying to do. I hate to burst your bubble, but that mind control mojo doesn't work on vengeance demons. So why don't you? And then Willow says, stop talking. And Anya's like, okay. (laughs) So Willow says, you need to free me. You don't want to call out to them. You want to take away this binding spell. And Anya's like, I don't know how. Willow says, I do. Do you want me to tell you? So... This takes me all the way back to Dracula. <laughs> Remember the way Dracula was uh, in season five was commanding Xander. It's very similar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a Jedi mind trick, right? There's lots of nerd references in this season, and that's another one. This is really funny, but I also feel like Anya, the last three episodes, has just been getting the shit kicked out of her. <laughs> like she's been yeah. knocked over, like I think four or five times by the end of this episode mind manipulated in this way uh by willow just now like she's just a little battering ram the the last little bit it's sad so buffy and giles are bent over laughing still it's been like five minutes buffy is telling him through laughter uh when she had duct taped all of her friends in the basement and then was gonna let the demon the arm needle demon kill them (laughs) so once they calm down giles says can you forgive me i should never have left and buffy says you are right to leave we're just stupid and giles says i know you're all stupid i should never have abandoned you buffy says no giles you were right about everything it is time i was an adult and giles says sometimes the most adult thing you can do is ask for help when you need it buffy says now you tell me so how do you feel about this cara how do you feel about giles coming back after noticeably being away 
for many episodes where the quality of the show took a downturn. And now he just comes back and says, ooh, I shouldn't have left. My bad. How does that make you feel? Hank never came back. Mm. Did Giles screw up? Yes. But he came back. He came back when it really mattered. So I am willing to forgive. We won't forget, but we can forgive. And he can atone, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, you cannot expect a parent to be perfect. Parents can make mistakes. Should he have left? No, he abandoned Buffy, which was a dick move. That's what Hank fucking Summers did. But Hank Summers never came back. Daddy Giles came back, and that's why he's our real dad. Well said. And I think we even said at the very end of last episode, I forgive you, Giles. Like, as soon as he showed up and said that one line, we were just like, you're fine. (laughs) So it is kind of interesting how Buffy says you were right about everything. Remember, Steph, the men are always correct on this show. Riley was correct. Xander was correct. Buffy apologized to Xander, right? Like... (sighs) (laughs) Giles was correct. I'm literally speechless. (laughs) Because because it's so annoying. Because all they had to let Buffy say here, Giles is literally saying, I should never abandon you. I shouldn't have left. My bad, my bad. Buffy literally could have just said, yeah, you shouldn't have, but we figured it out. Or like, you shouldn't have, but we made it work. Something like that. But instead she's like, no, 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 no. You were right to leave. We're stupid. Buffy, it's fine. don't you think you should apologize to Giles? <sighs> okay. Uh, Buffy says, I wasn't ready before. It took a long time for that feeling to go away. The feeling that I really wasn't, that I wasn't really here. It was like when I clawed my way out of the grave, I left something behind. A part of me. I don't understand why I'm back. And pay attention to that line right there, right? When I crawled out of the grave, I left something behind. So Giles says, you have a calling. And Buffy says, but it was my time, Giles. Someone would have taken my place. So why? And Giles doesn't say anything to that. And Buffy says, right. So what's going to happen to Willow? Giles says the coven is working on a way to extract her powers without killing her. Should she survive, she ought to know, Buffy. Uh, You ought to know, Buffy, that there is no guarantee she'll be as she was. Willow's killed a human being. How will she be able to live with yourself? Great question, Giles. How do you live with yourself after killing multiple human beings? Like the the orgy demon, like you guys killed somebody in that situation. Plus all your dead friends. If anything, Giles (laughs) is here to help Willow through this because he knows what it's like to succumb to the dark magics with a K. Lest we forget Ben. He didn't even need magics with a K to do that. He just did that with his hands. <laughs> so God knows how many people he's killed since he's been in London. He's like Jack the Ripper. He was the Ripper, remember. <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean. Like he's, there's, there's definitely a tie in there and somebody will come and give us the canon to that legend. Suddenly, Willow says, I wouldn't worry about that. And it's because she's got an unconscious Anya, again, just floating at the door and Willow's behind her. And Buffy gets electrocuted away for like the millionth time. And Giles tries to bind her again. And Willow waves that off. And then she magics all of the weapons on the wall to fly at Giles as she says, shame on you. But, you know, remember in Once More With Feeling when Giles was throwing those weapons at Buffy? He got to do it in slow motion, right? But this is fast. (laughs) Willow's (laughs) fast motion them. Uh, Giles shields himself using the punching dummy. And then he throws a ball of light at Willow, which throws her directly through the stone wall 
into the entry of the magic box. Yeah, the insurance company is not going to be pleased. Poor Anya. So now we are outside. It is nighttime. Xander, Don, Andrew, and Jonathan are wandering the streets of Sunnydale. Xander's upset that he doesn't know where to take them. He says, I can't even run away well. That's something I'm usually good at. Um, I feel, I feel, I'm, here's the thing. I am currently feeling sympathetic towards Xander. That's going to change Why? very quickly. <laughs> He's, poor He's Xander. Trying. He's trying. Poor He's Xander. Feeling... I feel so useless. I can't run as fast yes. as Buffy. Except you can because you got there like literally seconds after she got there. Uh, I don't feel bad for you, Xander. You've always I'm, been this way. I'm feeling bad for him for now. Let's see what happens. So Don wants to go back and help. Don's like being bitten by the fighting bug. And she's like, I, I am ready for this. Uh, Xander says, yeah, because I've been such a big help already. Ugh. Standing around like a monkey while Buffy gets shot. Tara's dead and Willow's losing. And Don says, well, feeling sorry for yourself isn't going to help either, Xander. Okay? Madonna just came over here and laid down the law and told <laughs> Xander, like, what's what? And I love it. Madonna, nice. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then she adds, you know, if Spike were here, he'd go back and fight. So, good manipulation points, Don. I like it. Xander's retort is, sure, if he wasn't too busy trying to rape your sister. Mm. Shut the fuck up, Xander. Oh, my God. So, we went from me feeling sympathetic towards him, and then in less than 30 seconds, I am raging so hard. Xander, how dare, how dare you violate Buffy's privacy by telling her sister who is, you know, still a child, what happened to Buffy? How dare you do... I, I have not been this angry at Xander in a long time. Like, I don't know. This is... But this is low. Like, Xander doing this. This is kick his ass low, in my opinion. Ooh. Well, this is the thing. I, I didn't have sympathy for him earlier because I just think he's whining. He's like, I'm so unhelpful. Well, Xander, you've had six years to find something to be helpful for besides building shelves and you haven't done it. You can't even get your car right. So like, I don't feel bad for you. I, I don't think you deserve any sympathy. And then he drops this. It's so inappropriate. He, he just decides that even though he's at feeling low, he's like, I suck. I can't help anybody. God forbid Don compare him to Spike, who in Xander's opinion is yeah. lower than him and also slept with his fiance and the girl that he wishes was his fiance. <laughs> that's Buffy. Um, that's when he's just like, you know what? I'm going to hurt you for making that comparison by bringing up this fact that has nothing to do with you. It's it's really petty. Yes. And yeah. I just, I'm, I can't, I can't with Xander. Be gone, Xander. Um, so Don stops and says, I don't believe you. He wouldn't do that. And Xander says, is this a blind spot, like a genetic trait with the Summers women? The only useful thing Spike ever did was finally leave town. You know, I don't disagree with him there. <laughs> like, shut up, Xander. But like, okay, okay, point to Xander. So let's cut to Spike, who's beheading a demon in the cave. He's been in the cave. I don't know. It's been a couple hours The, the <laughs> ultimate neck snappy. He rips the head clean off. And he says, well, that was a bloody doddle and a piece of piss. <laughs> okay, sorry, just reading that out just now made me laugh. Um, he looks exhausted and beat up. And he says, you got any more ruddy tests for me? I'll take anything you can throw at me if it'll get me what I need to take care of the Slayer. Give her what's coming to her. You just bring it on. Bring on the whole 
bloody hell because he's suddenly covered in beetles very like in the mummy um, and they're just crawling all over him and his face and he screams and are we sure Kara, that spike isn't just a participant on fear factor <laughs> because it's something they Good do point. on that show or or maybe this is like a prototype for squid games Ooh, love it right that's actually what the demon's doing he's he's <laughs> Working out the kinks of that script <laughs> before he sends it over to the network. Um, so, oh no, the magic shop is trashed. And you know what? I am glad that they skipped forward because we're going to, you know, we're going to see that Willow is standing in the center of this huge mess. The walls are missing. The roof is caved in. And um, Giles is obviously there too. But like, we did just miss what, like 10 minutes of light shows right of them like just throwing light at one another and throwing each other around the store we saw that a lot in the last episode so you know i'm okay with them skipping it right i mean it's i like how they've set up the scene yeah so that it's clear there's been a massive duel which is cool there was a battle and, and so yeah anya's not get like the magic shop is toast <laughs> you know who i feel bad for i feel bad for the owners of the the shops on either side right because we know the magic box is like within like a detached building right so like there's shops on either side they must be suffering damage it, it's it's not a good time they probably hate the magic shop so much because they're like yeah it gets trashed every other day but when the looters came at the beginning of the season we got looted mm -hmm. and they got left alone so it's not fair so Willow is saying, that all you got, Jeeves? Because I could stand to go for another 10 rounds, whereas you can barely stand. And sure enough, Giles has cuts on his face and he looks exhausted. And he says, your powers may be undeniably great, but I can still hurt you if I have to. And Willow says, you just don't get it, do you? Nothing can hurt me now. There's nothing! And she wipes her cuts away and she says, it's all nothing. And Giles says, I see. If you lose someone you love, then the other people in your life who care about you become meaningless. I wonder what Tara would say about that. And Willow says, you can ask her yourself. And she fires lightning at him. But Buffy pushes him down. And Willow says, you're always saving everyone. It's kind of pesky. So she picks up this ball of like burning fire from the ground and she says you're probably even thinking that you're buying escape time for jonathan and the other one well i got a little secret for you i can kill them from anywhere i want with this it'll find them it'll bury them along with anyone else helping those dead men walking and buffy, buffy just gets up and's like don't and will says unless somebody somehow can get there in time to save them oh well fly my pretty fly and then the ball the ball of fire just flies through the roof uh the hole in the roof and Willow says, see what I did there? Because she's obviously referencing the Wicked Witch of the West. Wicked Witch of the East? Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember. The, the, the Wicked Witch of the East is the one who got crushed by the house. Okay. All right. She got murdered by Dorothy. Yeah. Dorothy actually killed her. Straight up killed her. Honestly, no wonder the Wicked Witch of the West was so pissed. Like, wouldn't you be? You, mm -hmm. you, you killed my sister, then you stole her shoes. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right. And then Glinda's just like... Be gone! It's like, fuck you! <laughs> anyway, that's a different podcast. So... <laughs> Wizard of Oz on trial. <laughs> I would really enjoy that, actually. So Giles tells Buffy to go, and Buffy runs out as Willow says, good luck. Okay, <laughs> okay but it's not slow motion running through the halls of Sunnydale High in that fantastic long blue trench coat like oh, you saw. Oh, it's not becoming part two, that's for sure. Right? Well, but like... That was what happened when in that episode when 
yeah becoming part one yeah. where like she has the meeting with angel right and he's like ha 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 i'm gonna get your friends and so she like realizes that she has to like turn and run and we know that it's serious shit because it's slow motion running right as you pointed out in your famous tiktok with amy's mom as witness <laughs> um so my question is why is buffy not running in slow motion right now come on buffy have you lost that ability in the last three years yeah like, she's too sad on? to run in slow motion she hasn't done it all season so we just see Buffy, like, seeing the ball of flames just fly through the sky, and she just chases it on the ground. <laughs> so Willow is telling Giles that he's a hypocrite, waltzing in here with your borrowed magics, so you can tell me what? Magic's bad? Behave? Be a good girl? Well, I don't think you're in any position to be telling me what to do, do you? And Giles has been floating up on the ceiling, on the roof, like he's attached to the roof, and she makes him drop to the floor. Then she says, I used to think that you had all the answers, that I had so much to learn from you. And then she makes Giles fly up to the roof again. She says, you were jealous, still are. You just couldn't bear that I was the one with power. That's why you ran away. And Giles says, Incurso! And he hits Willow with this green ball. He falls to the ground and Willow staggers back um, and is like, that was rude. And Giles says, perhaps you're not as strong as you think you are. You are expediting way too much of your mystical energies to maintain your powers. At this rate, you're going to burn out. Willow, you need to stop. And Willow says... What I need is a little pick-me-up. And she performs a suck job on Giles. <laughs> Wish it was me. Uh, she falls back against... The Sorry, I'm, do, you, do you want to be the one receiving or giving the suck job? Either one. <laughs> Sounds like a good time, either way. Oh, Will dear. sucks all the energy out of Giles. And then she falls back against the wall and Giles falls to the ground. And, and she's like, oh, what a head rush. She's like, the way that it's filmed, it's like all like hazy or whatever so it looks like she's like obviously hi <laughs> mm-hmm. she's like what a head rush who's your supplier this is wow it's incredible i'm so juiced giles it's like no mortal person has ever had this much power ever it's like i'm connected to everything i can feel i can feel everyone and honestly like that is what a suck job with giles would feel like um but then <laughs> she starts getting <laughs> she starts getting really really concerned she's like oh my god oh my god all the emotion and the pain no it's too much it's just too much and then giles says willow it doesn't have to be like that you can stop it and willow says yeah i can i have to stop this i'll make it go away oh you poor bastard your suffering needs to end and then she flies out of the hole in the roof so yeah so (laughs) what did you think of this scene I like the interaction between Giles and Willow in this scene. This is one of the reasons why I like this episode is I think bringing Giles back in this way is really interesting. Is Giles making the best argument here? No. Um, I think he could do a better job trying to talk Willow down. He's being a little bit not hypocritical. He's not offering her anything, right? He's, He's not enticing her to lay down her arms as it is. Um, so I don't think it's, you know, surprising that this scene goes the way it does. I think it's actually quite clever of Giles what he's doing here because his ultimate goal is to get her to do the suck job, right? He needs her to take his power and for him to embed her with humanity. I mean, he says says that later. I don't know, Steph. I'm calling (laughs) bullshit. You're like, I don't think so. I I do. I think his whole point here, he's like, yeah, obviously she's going to suck job me. So I need her to take it. So he's not really even fighting her that hard. And then when it comes to Willow's monologue, it's just not landing for me. It's just a little too cheesy. It's a little too over the top for me. It's like we said last episode where... You know, Willow has unfortunately fallen into 
that space where all the mighty villains go, where they just chat, chat, chat. Like, they just get so chatty. And they don't need to be, you know? I don't know if she's being chatty, though. Like, it's not really a monologue. It's more of a dialogue. And then at the end, where she sucked Jobs Giles, you know, she's now she's acting more like Glory, right? Because she's got so much power inside of her, but it's being contained inside a mortal vessel. So she's kind of, you know, her brains are kind of jiggling around. And her reaction is very similar to Glory, right? When she was freaking out about how painful this world is. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things in this episode remind me of Faith. Um, and what Faith has gone through in this series. And this episode, or this scene, almost reminded me of when Willow and Faith had that showdown. I think it was in the episode Choices, when Willow's trapped in the mayor's office with Faith. And Faith is doing the same thing, where she's trying to be like the big tough person. She's got all the power in the room. And it just kind of reminded me of that, right? And of course, Willow was the victim in this case. And to see her now be on the other side, on the evil side of that dynamic is really interesting to see. Mm. So Xander is trying to kick in a crypt in the cemetery. uh, And Jonathan and Andrew are working on a different door. And Andrew says, hide out in the cemetery. What a fantastic idea. And Xander says, yeah, I'm working on a whole shut the hell up pitch you might like too. I've had just as much as I can stand babysitting a couple of social r words Ooh, the r word hey i was called the r word the other day for our posts about seeing red <laughs> remember yeah. remember how mad the spuffies were at me yeah it, once again and we've said it before last time we heard this word on the show it's so shocking to just see it there it's just it's just it's just like whoa yeah. <laughs> there it is so don says xander what's that great balls of fire steph <laughs> goodness gracious uh it's hurtling towards them but don't worry buffy has outrun a literal fireball it's right she's right underneath it she's saying get out of there move and she pushes jonathan and andrew over as the ball flame flame crashes into the ground xander hits his head and is knocked out Mm -hmm. classic once again so many concussions so much head trauma uh don and buffy fall to the ground and the ground collapses under them so they're now in you know like a cave or like an undercrypt or something but don't worry there's two swords uh from jonathan andrew so i'm sure they won't need swords, but they've got swords. I mean, if they just poked around a little bit, uh, they'd probably find some ancient weapon <laughs> that's been buried under Sunnydale for <laughs> zillions of years. Like a glove or something? Like a glove or two balls of energy or, you know, something. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they haven't found one already. The ring that keeps that keeps vampires <laughs> safe in the sun. Like, this is how they should <laughs> defeat Willow, right? They should just rob some graves. It's worked before. Um, so Jonathan and Andrew get up and Xander's unconscious. Buffy's not there. So Jonathan looks at Andrew and he's like, Mexico, huh? And then they take off running. So Anya comes into the front of the magic box from the back and finds Giles lying on the ground. He wakes to her voice and he's like, Anya, she's like, I'm so sorry. Willow forced me to free her with her brain. Are you okay? And Giles is like, it says, I can see. And Anya's like, oh, it's a miracle. (laughs) And Giles is like, no, I can see her. She took the magic I had and now I know where she is. I can feel, what? Oh God. And Anya says, Giles, you have to rest. And Giles says, silly girl, I'm dying. It was the only way. Thought there'd be a chance now, but I know where Willow is. She's going to finish it. And Anya says, finish what? Giles says, the world. So so this is why I call bullshit on Giles uh, wanting Willow to take his magic. I think he just says that later to seem smart and cool. Um, (laughs) Because it's Willow taking Giles' magic that 
gives Willow the idea to destroy the world. So <laughs> really, Giles, you broke it. This is your fault. He didn't know she was going to take it that far. I think he was like, this is going to make her feel sad enough to be like, oh, I'm going to grieve Tara like a normal person. <laughs> uh, he, he underestimated just how far Willow will go to not feel her feelings ever. And that is consistent with Willow's character since the beginning Right? Like she she um, didn't want to feel bad about what she did to Oz during the affair. Ugh, the affair. I brought it up this time. So you're off the hook, Kara. Uh, but like she was like, I'm going to make things better with Oz right away. And Oz is like, I told you to give me fucking space. So there was that. And then there was something blue, right? She wanted to cast a spell to make sure that she doesn't feel the way she feels anymore. Obviously with the fighting with Tara in the season where she did the mind memory loss spell on Tara twice so, so that she can avoid conflict and not be in the wrong anymore. So it's pretty consistent with Willow's character at that point. So I do think that Giles underestimated what Willow would do with the power, but I, I tend to believe Giles. I think he meant for her to take it. Okay. That, I mean, that's also a valid reading. I'm not saying that's my opinion is the only possible way to see it. I just... I like to throw out alternative <laughs> interpretations. Bakara, that is exactly how we run this podcast and our social medias. Our opinion is the correct opinion. Our opinion is not to be challenged. <laughs> but you and I have different opinions here. So therefore, yeah, yeah, who's yeah. right? Well, I guess we'll have to leave it to a vote. <laughs> I'll have to put that up on Insta to see what people think. Does, did Giles mean for her to take the magic? Or was that a big fat lie? So it's sunrise. <laughs> Buffy's trying to find a way to crawl out of the cave as she calls for Xander and Don wants to use the tunnels to get back to get to Spike's place from here. And Buffy's like, that's the last place on earth we need to be. And Don says, but it was good enough to take me there after what he did to you, tried to do, like whatever. And Buffy's like, oh, Xander. Yeah, exactly, Buffy. Uh, she says, Don, you might not have noticed we're in really big trouble here. And Don's like, why didn't you tell me? And Buffy says, because you didn't need to know. And Don says, yes, I do. I need to know. I'm not a kid anymore. And Buffy says, I'm trying to protect you. Don says, well, you can't. Look around, Buffy. We're trapped in here. Willow's killing and people I love keep dying. You cannot protect me from that. And then Xander shouts down from above. He's like, are you guys Okay. Um, he says the weasels skedaddled and then he's going to look for some rope or something to help them get out of there. Anya teleports into the cave and says that Giles is still at the magic box. And Don says, Giles is back. You didn't tell me that. And I was like, okay, well, like Donita, there wasn't any time for that. <laughs> okay. So do you agree with Don or what do you think about Don demanding that she should have known about Spike? Because she was the one that suggested that she go there because she feels safe there. But I'm sure she's feeling stupid as in like, I wouldn't have suggested that had I known how he had treated you or had I known about the attack. From Don's perspective, I can see her just being like really awkward about that, like feeling bad. I kind of see where Don is coming from. But at the same time, it is up to Buffy who she shares that information with and why. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> so that, that's literally what I was going to say. I don't have anything else to add there. Sorry, I just I just yammered on and on and on. Um, yeah, Don. So time and place. All right, Buffy didn't have time to tell you about Giles, but also Giles specifically asked Buffy not to tell Don that he was in town because he doesn't want to see her. <laughs> yes, also true. <laughs> he, he's like I'm. I you know I I do look forward to catching up with you and Xander and Anya and and. Dave? D D D Dallas? Dora? Dora. <laughs> right? He's yeah. like, and that other one. Yeah. Um, Anya says he didn't stop Willow and things just got 
end of the world worse. Willow's going to destroy it. And Dawn's like, she can do that. And Anya says she can and she will when she gets to where she's going. The old satanic temple, Kingsman's Bluff. And Buffy says, there's no temple on King Kingman's Bluff. And we cut to Willow raising the temple at Kingman's Bluff. Um, <laughs> okay. Willow, the bluffs are for making out, not ending the world. All right. We've always known that. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy says, Prosperpexa? And Anya gives us the lowdown. Uh, she's way up there in the hierarchy of she-demons. So apparently she-demons have their own separate hierarchy from he-demons and they-demons. I love it. Are they like the the she-elves from the Zeppo? <laughs> the Sisterhood them? of Jay? <laughs> Are these not the same she-demons? Don't know. <laughs> um, so Anya says, her followers intended to use her effigy to destroy the world. They all died when the temple got swallowed up in the big earthquake of 32. Okay, so is this the earthquake that trapped the master? I think so. I definitely did not go to check that, because why would I? I feel like someone will let us know. Uh, but that that was my memory jogging right there. I was like, <gasps> what's that? From a flashback to season one? Those darn Satanists causing earthquakes everywhere. Classic. You know, it's the same same thing here in Canada. We just do the Satanists everywhere. We just keep having earthquakes. <laughs> Whenever something bad happens in my life, I just assume it's Satanists. Right? <laughs> Who else would but it be? But we're protected because, we're, you know, Moloch loves us. So praise Moloch. He protects us. It's true. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't wear my praise Moloch's Prophecy Girl sticker. <laughs> or t-shirt. Or t-shirt. If I'm not wearing that for protection... It's possible that a Satanist could get to me. So prophecygirls.ca slash store. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. Sorry, plug. We, did I not mention we were just doing an ad in the middle of this scene? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually in the uh, show. We didn't add that in. <laughs> uh, product placement in these old shows has gone way too far these days. We have to do this thing all through season seven episodes. We've got to find a way to plug the merch in some creative way. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Challenge Meanwhile, <accepted. laughs> Anya says she's going to drain the planet's life force and funnel its energy through Prosperpex's effigy and burn the earth to a cinder. Uh, you don't have to sound so happy about it, Anya. Seriously. And Buffy says, not if I can help it. <laughs> and Anya deadpan says, you can't. Something else Giles said. No magic or supernatural force can stop her. Well, that's convenient. Why not? What? Because the writers needed it to be that way, Steph. If Giles is lying about anything, it's that. Like, obviously, a supernatural force could stop her. Duh. Buffy asks, what does that mean? And Anya says, don't know. <laughs> Great. This is. I see what you mean about the dialogue, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. It's clunky. Apparently, Giles said, the Slayer can't stop her. He said a bunch of other stuff. He really wasn't too clear. And then a hint of concern creeps into Anya's voice. And she says, I should get back to him. He's alone. And Buffy picks up on this. And she says, is he okay? And Anya says, I don't think he has a lot of time left. I'm sorry. And she you know, leaves, teleports out. So Buffy calls up for Xander and the rope. But he has disappeared. Good job, Xander. And Don says, you heard what they said. And Buffy says, I heard, but I don't care. I have to try because she's Buffy fucking Summers and she's her hero. Well, she's a hero and she, everything is her responsibility. She's got to do everything, even though Giles said for some weird reason that she can't do anything this time. Buffy, just jump out. <laughs> you jumped over a bush two episodes ago. Just jump out. You know, like sometimes she jumps really high and she could do that here. So Willow is doing her end of the world spell as Buffy is 
saying, I'm not going to sit here as Will tries to incinerate what I've chosen to protect. I have to stop her. So this is a classic hero speech. But again, Car, it just, it just seems cheesy. It just seems out of place. So Willow says, always a slayer, right to the last. And Buffy stops because Willow is is talking in her in her head, like telekinesis style. And Willow says, it is the last, you know, for all your fighting, thinking you're saving the world. And in the end, I'm the only one that can save it. And Buffy says, by killing us? And Willow says, it's the only way to stop the pain. I can't take it anymore. But I know you, Buffy. You're a warrior. You won't go out without a fight. I don't really have time for one, but you should go out fighting. It was me who took you out of the earth. Well, now the earth wants you back. So, rumbling, because obviously the Saint- Satanists are around. <laughs> And a bunch of root demons with sharp pinchers, sharp branches come out of the walls. I was going to ask, do these qualify as arm needles? No, because I don't think the needles like pop out of the skin the way we like the, our mm, arm needles to come fair. out. You know, <laughs> these ones are just always I, out. I'm glad that we on Prophecy Girls are discriminatory <laughs> in, you know, the quality of our arm needles. <laughs> Only the best on this podcast. Uh, so these do not qualify. But uh, we've never seen root demons before, (laughs) frankly. Uh, Buffy grabs a a sword and starts fighting. And Dawn calls for Buffy for help. And more coming out of the cave. And Buffy says, I can't take them all. Dawn, will you help me? And she hands Dawn a sword. Like she's fucking Arthur. (laughs) Like King Arthur. (laughs) And Dawn says, I got your back. Willow continues to do the spell. And the temple starts glowing. A magic tornado appears around her. And the ground starts rumbling all across Sunnydale. So all the residents are just like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> what is it this time? Anya's kneeling next to Giles, and she's saying, don't die. Not yet. There are things I want to tell you. Thanks a lot for coming. It was good of you to teleport all this way. Oh, so Giles teleported. I didn't realize he teleported. I thought, I thought, I, I he, thought flew. he just took a plane like everybody else. Literally. Yeah. I, well, he, I, I thought he flew over. <laughs> I mean, again, I guess that there hasn't been enough time, but what is time in this universe? Um <laughs> I, I, I think I think that Anya it's funny that Anya at no point has said something like, You can't have the store back. <laughs> can can you also can you imagine teleporting to Sunnydale from London or from Devon or wherever he was and it took literally like three seconds and then you lose all your powers after the suck job and then you gotta fly coach all the way back. Well, there's no record of him having come into or left the countries, oh, right? So that, maybe that's going to be a problem, too. He's going to have to get smuggled back in somebody's luggage. True. Very true. So then Anya says, in retrospect, it probably would have been better if you hadn't come and given Willow all that magic that made her 10 times more powerful. That would have been a plus. Thanks, Anya. <laughs> Appreciate that commentary. Um, so we go back to Willow shooting magic into the temple. Uh, but don't worry, Xander literally steps in the way, does not die. No, did, nothing happens to him. Like, what is this magic she's shooting into it? So Willow stops and she looks at him and he says, hey, black eyed girl, what are you doing? And Willow says, get out of here. Xander says, you're not the only one with powers, you know, you may be hopped, a hopped up uber witch. This carpenter can drywall you into the next century. And Willow says, I'm not joking, Xander. Get out of my way now. And she shoots him with electricity. And again, he's not dead. <laughs> he just falls back and Willow's a little shaken. <laughs> so so Giles is saying, um, saying, there, it's not over. And okay, Buffy and Dawn continue to battle these root demons. And Dawn gets knocked over. Buffy says she's going to come help her. But then Madonna 
dodges the demon and manages to like chop it down. So she does. She she tucks and rolls, and then she yeah, like you said, she um basically like faints and manages to stab the demon. Sorry, it's it's a really good really good choreography. I liked it. Buffy is shocked, and Dawn's like, "What? You think I never watch you?" More, and then more demons come out, and the Summer Sisters are back to back. I loved this scene. I loved earlier when Dawn, she's like, Dawn, will you help me? And then gives her the sword. And then this scene, right? Because again, it's like, it's showing us that Dawn can also step up. I mean, probably would have been nice if you actually took her along with you and maybe gave her some self-defense training, Buffy, but better late than never. <laughs> right? I mean, she already shot her down a couple episodes ago, oh. but now she's like, oh, I guess that would have came in handy. This, this, this is a good scene, though. Yeah, no, it is. And honestly, I have... A lot of warm feelings for the Summer Sisters and the sisterhood that we see between them in this episode. I do have some critiques about the Summer Sisters in this hole fighting root demons. I don't want to take away from this moment right now where Dawn has always relied on Buffy to save her. But now Dawn is stepping up and saving herself and helping Buffy fight. And she's never done that before. And I love that Buffy's letting her and that Buffy's embracing this side of Dawn. So it's nice to see. Uh, so Willow is continuing with her spell and Xander again moves in front of it. Like this guy is impenetrable. Willow says, you can't stop this. And Xander says, yeah, I get that. It's just that where else am I going to go? You've been my best friend my whole life. The world's going to end. Where else would I want to be? Willow says, is this the master plan? You're going to stop me by telling me you love me? And Xander says, well, I was just going to walk you off the cliff and hand you an Advil, but it seemed kind of cartoony. Willow's like, still making jokes. And Xander says, I'm not joking. I know you're in pain. I can imagine the pain you're in. And I know you're about to do something apocalyptically evil and stupid. And hey, I still want to hang. You're Willow. The first day of kindergarten, you cried because you broke the yellow crayon and you were too afraid to tell anyone. You've come pretty far. Ending the world, not a terrific notion. But the thing is, yeah, I love you. I love crayon breaky Willow and I love scary veiny Willow. So if I'm going out, it's here. If you want to kill the world and start with me, I've earned that. Willow says, you think I won't? Xander says, it doesn't matter. I still love you. And Willow says, shut up. And she magically slashes Xander's face. So it's like, you know, torn. Uh, there's there's cuts there. That it's bleeding. But she clearly, like, it, sh- it shows her face. She clearly doesn't like the sights of, of seeing Xander hurt like that. And Xander says, I love you. And she hits him again. And now his chest is bleeding. And he falls back. He's clearly in pain. But he still gets up and says, I love you. And Willow starts to shake. She says, shut up. And she goes to hit him again. But this time when she throws her electric power at him, it's obviously not very strong. So Xander only stumbles back from it. So he says, I love you. And now there are tears in Willow's eyes and Xander's approaching her. And he says, I love you. And she's like, stop. And he's, he gets close enough that she just starts beating him with her fists. And eventually, as he closes his arms around her, she collapses to the ground, sobbing, as Xander holds her. And then as she's crying, the veins disappear from her face, and her hair goes back to red. And I guess the problem, <laughs> the the danger is over. Okay. There's a lot to say. <laughs> I, I have a hot steak. I've been waiting for this moment from the time we started this podcast. Yes. Can I just say when Car and I were planning the podcast, through, I don't know, two and a half years ago, Car literally said, I have so much to say about the Xandra and Willow scene in the season six finale. Well, here we are, Cara. The floor is yours. Let's hear it. Okay. 
I'm going to be a little tongue-in-cheek here. You know, I get that there's nuance. I get that Willow destroying the Earth technically is not a good thing. But hear me out. I used to love Xander's I Still Love You speech. Because in my younger days, I've said this before, Xander was my favorite character. I thought I was supposed to identify with him, right? I used to think I was a man. And I wasn't old enough to be Giles, so I identified with Xander. And he has no powers. And so he's kind of the underdog, right? Um, and obviously, as my positionality has changed, even before I realized I, I'm trans uh, and realized I was a woman, my opinion on Xander was changing and I had different favorite characters. But I just I thought it was cool when I was younger that finally the guy with no powers gets to save the day. Um, the older I get, the more I understand, you know, about things like feminism and resistance, the more I've come to see, Steph, this speech is actually tone policing. Mm. Are you familiar with tone policing? Yeah, we've talked a little bit about it on the podcast before, but I don't think we've seen a very good example of it. So for anybody who's not familiar with what that term means, tone policing is basically when you ignore the content of somebody's argument and instead your rebuttal is basically telling somebody, lecturing somebody, or questioning the tone that somebody uses, right? So instead of refuting their points you're just kind of like well you know you're saying that to me and you, you sound really angry and so i'm you know you're being disrespectful and i'm not going to talk to you if you're, you're talking to me this way and it, it's a tactic that tactic that's commonly used especially against women and other marginalized people because it prevents people in power from having to address our issues and our oppression seriously they'll just be like oh you uppity bra-burning feminists like here you go again, being shrill with us. So that's what Xander's doing right now. Willow is a feminist who just wants to burn down the patriarchy. And Xander's a man standing in her way, saying, I hear you and your concerns are valid, but this isn't the proper way to do things, Willow. You know, and, and it really, it really bothers me that this is the resolution to our big, bad, dark Willow in season six. Is Xander standing up? A man standing up against a scorned queer woman saying, it sucks that your girlfriend is dead and was killed, you know, in an act of wayward misogyny. And yeah, the world is terrible and you want to burn the world down. But could you just calm down for a moment, honey? Right? Yeah. You know, and, and so that's, it sucks because there is a, still a part of me that wants to acknowledge the heroism of this moment xander standing up against a super powerful wicca and you know being brave and and trust me as an arrow ace person the idea that platonic love the power it's not just the power of love it's the power of platonic love i mean you know xander's attraction to will on the side but you know the idea of platonic love saving the day that is so attractive to me i wish i wish i could love this scene as much as I did when I was younger, but as I've grown older, I can't ignore the gender dynamics at play and the fact that unfortunately, maybe less so at the time this was written, but unfortunately these days with the way that, you know, the internet and social media is uh, and the way that our discourse is online, it's just like, ah, oh, this scene is so problematic to me looking at it from 25 years later. I just, I, that's, yeah. So those are my thoughts on this scene. Wow. What do you think? 
Well done. Does that feel good to get that off your chest? <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm nervous to say it because I feel like some people are going to come for me and be like, no, Xander's actually the hero here. How dare you? Or this isn't tone policing, Kara. You're being silly. I'm, I'm being like 25% silly here, 75% <laughs> serious, right? Like, again, do I want Willow to destroy the world? No, but they could have found a better way to, to, mm. to figure this out and talk her down or, or defeat her. To do it this way to me smacks, again, I don't think this was the writer's intention, but looking back on it 25 years from now, it's just like, it's so frustrating. Yeah. No, no, no. I I love that you have this take because I have have a couple of things to say about this scene um, and none of them overlap with what you just said, right? So I love that we both are bringing these different perspectives in. I really related to what you said where back in the day, I really liked this scene. I really thought that this was Xander's opportunity to stand up, to shine, to be brave. And you and I have said, right, in the past, Xander can be brave. It's just not very often, right? Like he can be a hero in many ways, but that is always overshadowed by his crummier personality traits and the actions that he does or doesn't own up to. So anyone who says that Xander is the hero here, I think it's a valid way to read the scene and to read the episode, right? Like, yeah, sure, Xander's the hero. So the first thing that I want to say about the scene is that I just don't think it's original. Uh, We saw Faith have a very similar breakdown on Angel in the episode Sanctuary. You and I covered Mm -hmm. that in season Mm -hmm. one of Angel. Well, and Willow herself is hanging a lampshade on it when she's like, the power of love is going to save me. And then Xander's like, no, yes. But yes. (laughs) But yes. I completely agree with you. It's the writers acknowledge that it's not original and then they do nothing about it. Right? They're like, let's just carry on. Secondly, to go along with that, yeah, the power of love, the power of friendship has already saved the day more than once, but the instance that comes to mind immediately wasn't the season finale of season four, but it was the episode before the season finale of season four when they took down the initiative using the power of friendship, where the four of them mind melded into Buffy's body, right, to to take down Adam. So it's just not a very original scene to me. Uh, been there, done that. The only difference is that it's Xander. Now, Because it's Xander, and the Xander of the whole scene actually makes me really, really annoyed. Because on the one hand, it's weird to write a story arc for a lesbian, um, because Willow does identify as a lesbian right now, to lose her lover, then she loses her sanity and her humanity, and then she must be saved from the brink of ending the world by the straight cis guy who has already sexualized her and her now dead girlfriend, right? It's a weird feeling for me on that front, but I also just overall hate that it is a man who saves the day. Yes. That goes along with what you're saying. It's not so much that men can't save the day, it's that this season, season six, has been so misogynistic and the women have been put through it this season, right? We, we had the blatant almost rape of Katrina and then her murder by her ex-boyfriend and his friends. Buffy was sexually assaulted by her ex-lover and then shot by a man. Tara, who is the second lesbian on this show, gets killed by a man. Xander gets like a million apologies this episode and nothing else. And 
It's Xander who gets to be the one to stop Willow, not Buffy. Xander gets to be well, the hero. And and Buffy is they it's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Yes. So it's so weird to me that Buffy is sidelined at the climax of the season finale to fight root demons with Dawn. And that's like I said, that's a really nice sequence, but that could have been a sequence in last like another episode in the season. Like for Buffy, I get it that it's an ensemble cast. And we've had instances in the past where, like, you know, Graduation Day, Primeval, technically not the season finale, where where the heroes have all helped Buffy defeat the big bad. But at the end of the day, this is Buffy's show. Buffy is the hero. So why did they decide that Buffy just isn't going to be involved in defeating Willow and it's Xander's? It just, it really... It's just... It's... <laughs> It's it's so infuriating because you and I were pissed about this in Prophecy Girl, the series finale, the season finale of season oh one, God, when Xander stepped so in and was the hero who saved Buffy, right? And now here he is stepping up to save the world. Buffy's sidelined for some reason. But let's also do a little quick little quality check on all the women who are in this final episode whilst Xander sweeps in to save the world. Willow is trying to end the world. Dawn and Buffy are stuck in a hole and Anya's consoling another man at the magic box. <laughs> you, you know, so, so I, I just can't, I can't with this because we've already been through it. If Xander was ever to stand up and be the hero of the season finale. It should have been season four when Xander was doing the whole, I'm working, right? Everyone's going to school. Xander was feeling out of place. Xander didn't know where he stood with the Scoobies anymore. So if he was going to come and win the, the last fight in the season finale of season four, I would have been more on board with that because it would have been a good message that, you know, people who don't go to school, who don't pursue education, maybe they step up and they're handy in some other way. Like I, I could get on board with that. But this was not the season for it because season six was so hard on the women. I wanted a woman to win. I wanted a woman to win the ending. And can I just say, Xander Willow had no friendship this season. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even a good best man. She left Xander. She peaced to go get to go get laid. So so Xander has a really cute speech here with the crayon. Sure, what like he knows Willow since they were young. I get it, but um. We've barely seen them together this season. They had, yeah, the moment where Willow bailed on him as best man at his wedding. And then uh, I, they had a couple of scenes, you know, later in Gone or, or whatever, like where he blamed her for doing magic in Gone. Like they haven't had any screen time together. Buffy and Willow, on the other hand, were the ones that were on the outs ever since Willow resurrected her, found out that she was in heaven, felt bad about it. They were slowly building back their trust and their friendship. Remember, they had their conversation together in Wrecked. They had uh, that talk at the end of Gone. In Double Meat Palace, they were working together again. So I just feel like it should have been Buffy. All signs were pointing to the I fact agree. that the hero of the show should have been the one to save Willow and the world in the end. I have one more thought, but I, I need us to do the next scene before I do it. All right, let's do it. Um, in the cave, the root demons disappear. Uh, Giles sits up at the magic box and Anya's like, Giles, you're not dead. And she hugs him and he says, I'm still in some pain. She asks why he's not dead, why she isn't dead. Giles says, the threat's gone. Willow's been stopped. She's alive. The magics she took from me, it did what I'd hoped it would do. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> no, accurate. He, he this, everything worked out as Giles had planned it. Daddy Giles apologist. <laughs> Daddy's girl. Ooh, Daddy's girl. I like that. I mean, Giles walked in last episode and shot me with his glowy green O. <laughs> And I've been in a stasis ever since. Did Giles give you a sex job? Yes, I already said that. That's why I related so so hard to Willow's high. Um, so so Anya says you dosed her. You knew you knew you knew she'd take your powers all along. Exactly, Anya. Giles says the gift given to him by the coven is a true essence of magic. Willow's magic came from a place of rage and power. And Anya says, and vengeance. Don't forget vengeance. And Giles says, how could I? The magic she took from me tapped into, into the spark of humanity she had left, helped her to feel again, gave Xander the opportunity to reach her. It was he who got to her in time. He saved us all. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> again, I can't with... I so now we have a man telling a woman how the man who left her at the her at the altar saved the entire world. Praise Xander! I'm seeing the light. No, like so. This is what bothers me. Is Xander was on the outs for the past several weeks because of what he did to Anya, and like you know, all the Scoobies were just kind of like, I don't know, Xander. Like you really kind of messed this one up. And, and then here we are. So so what? They're cool now. Xander redeemed himself, not by apologizing to Anya and making it right, but by just talking to Willow, not even talking to Anya. And now Giles is just like, so yeah, he saved the world. You should probably, like, like I know he didn't say that to Anya, but like, there is an inference there, right? That it's like, Xander saved us all. He's our hero. Like, oh my God. Like, so there what? is no resolution <laughs> in this finale to the Xander-Anya relationship. The show was just like, Xander and Anya are done. Let's go back to Xander and Willow. But like you said, that hasn't been a thing this whole season. Am I going mad? No, I'm going mad. I think this is what I mean. This is why it's so annoying. This is why I can't with this with this season finale. It just, it's, not only is it clunky, but it's infuriating. Because I don't care that Xander saved the world. I think you may be persuading me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I don't care. He didn't earn it. And just because he saves the world this time doesn't mean it absolves all of the shit that he's done in the past. We said that in Prophecy Girl, like literally 12 episodes into the series, we were saying, I don't care that he did that. He was still an asshole earlier this episode. You know what I mean? And and Buffy has saved the world a lot, <laughs> as it said on her tombstone. So good for you, Xander. You got this one. But like, I don't know, join the club, you know, like who hasn't saved the world at this point. So I'm glad that he did it. Don't get me like, like you said, right? Like, it's great that he did it. It's great that Willow didn't end the world. But the way that they're like hero praising him right now, I, I can't. This season did not need a man to be praised at the end of this episode. So Dawn is saying, I think it's over, Buffy. The world is still here. And Buffy starts to cry. And Dawn's like, sorry to disappoint you. And Buffy is laugh crying, right? And she says, you think I want the world to end? Dawn says, didn't you? And Buffy says, Dawn, I'm so sorry. And she hugs her. And there's Buffy once again apologizing. Buffy, 
You don't have to apologize. Don comforts her and Buffy says, it hasn't been all right, but it's going to be now. I see it. You. Things have been so sucky lately. It's all going to change. And I'm going to be there when it does. I want to see my friends happy again. I want to see you grow up. The woman you're going to become because she's going to be beautiful and she's going to be powerful. Don, I got it so wrong. I don't want to protect you from the world. I want to show it to you. There's so much that I want to show you. And then she hugs her again. So... This is a weirdly placed speech. Again, I love me. I love me some Buffy and Donnarella. I love it. Give it, give me more. But the speech is weird. (laughs) Like it's it's placed weird. I don't know. It doesn't flow. Like, am I I wrong? Like, am I just being too annoyed right now? This, this was the speech I didn't like in this episode, really. Um, And like I said, I feel like you've, you've really kind of done a good job of persuading me to your view of this finale. Uh, so good job um, and I'm with you about the speech it, the, the dialogue is clunky like I said the, the, the feeling of connection between Don and Buffy is great in these scenes I like it but it feels like it should have been in a different episode and having it here and the fact that like Buffy and Willow don't get to talk again in this it's just it's so messed up <sighs> And again, I just want to reiterate here. I need to reiterate that this season, we've seen Buffy at her absolute lowest, right? Like last season was hard for her, season five. Season six, she hated herself and she hated her life. And she got stepped on and she got abused, sexually assaulted. She got shot and she doesn't get to save the day. Like that is actually a travesty to me. Because every other season finale, Buffy has been the main focus. And she literally sacrificed herself in two previous season finales. But what did they do with her in this season finale? They threw her in a hole with her sister and were like, bye. Right? She doesn't get to see Willow and Xander. She doesn't get to see Giles at the end. I'm just saying it's not fair. I don't like it. And that is why this season finale shot right to the bottom of the list for me. So... Pop music plays as Buffy crawls out of the hole, but unlike the beginning of the season, Kara, in Bargaining Part 2, Buffy is not crawling out alone. Oh, bad <laughs> Boo. Bad joke. <laughs> she's, she, it's not even a joke. It's legit. Remember at the beginning when she was talking to Giles? Yes. And she's, she says, when I clawed my way out of the grave, I left something behind, a part of me. And now she's crawling out of the grave again, but she's pulling her sister with her. So are we supposed to think that Dawn was what she left behind or like a piece of her heart? What what she's learned here, I'm not quite sure, but the symbolism is there. I just don't know what it is. Well, I I think what I think we're, we're supposed to see here is Buffy has learned, you know, she came back from the dead and immediately everybody around her told her that it was her job to deal like to adult right willow and tara were like we're not going to pay you rent we're not going to contribute to the household giles was like here's a check i'm piecing out xander's like i don't care about your business the only thing anya and i are going to talk about for the next season is our wedding mm-hmm. right like so so buffy immediately she comes back from the dead and immediately everybody is like buffy you have to be Don's guardian and take care of her and take care of the house and take care of the bills and take care of everything. And we're not going to give you a single moment to breathe and adjust. And so that was overwhelming for her. And this is her realizing that although she does have responsibilities to her friends and her family and, you know, her livelihood, 
Dawn is not helpless, right? Dawn is not a newborn. Dawn has agency and can help. And Buffy's realizing Dawn is a person that she can enlist and, and treat, you know, like she can be responsible. Uh, and Buffy's realizing that I think, you know, Willow's transgressions are not Buffy's fault here. Like, I do think that this scene and other parts of this episode are showing a sense of growth and a sense of closure. But like you just said, Steph, because of the clunkiness and the the way that it's kind of stuffed into the very end of this episode and other things get left unsaid, it doesn't feel satisfying. I would have loved to see Buffy and Dawn together go to stop Willow. And maybe it's Dawn who steps up and says the right thing to make Willow stop. And Buffy sees how strong and how wise Dawn has gotten. And that's why she's like, I want to show you the world because you just saved it. Like, I think that would have been a much better ending. In my opinion. I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, Cara. No, don't, don't even. Hey, you want to sing Disney? We can sing Disney. So, okay. That's not the song that's playing in the background here. Some pop songs playing. Hey, Disney could replace the song on Disney+. Plus. If I could hear the bare necessities right now, I would fucking love it. <laughs> so, yeah. The Willow and Xander are still embracing in the bluffs. They're, <laughs> can you imagine if, you know, couples that want to make out are driving up around them? They're just like, can you? They're like, hello? <laughs> is it okay to come out now? What, what is that? A satanic temple? <laughs> Since when has that been here? Oh, Johnny, <laughs> you know how hot and bothered satanic temples make me. Where did you get it? Look at that effigy. <laughs> Nothing turns me on more than an effigy. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate panty drop. I mean, it is a she demon effigy, so like. I mean, I she's get it. naked and covered in snakes. What more do you want? Right? <laughs> I haven't seen something that's sexy on this show since Angel left. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anya is helping Giles get up and walk out of the destroyed magic box. Andrew and Jonathan are in the trucker's truck heading to Mexico being uncomfortable with the way the guy is smiling at them weird i guess yeah they get away scot-free off they go to mexico um there's a shout out to optimus prime Kara's boyfriend you're just jealous <laughs> bitch you're just jealous i um, pulled optimus prime and you did it <laughs> i got a suck job from giles this episode so you know what i think we're even stevens uh buffy and don look out over the very beautiful and very floral looking cemetery uh, forest Kara if I die bury me in Sunnydale at this cemetery probably cemetery number 12 noted right this is the <laughs> most beautiful one <laughs> so oh we still have one more scene Spike is lying on his back in the cave he's not dead unfortunately he's just tired and the demon says you have endured the required trials and Spike says bloody right I have so he gets up and he says, so you'll give me what I want. Make me what I was so Buffy can get what she deserves. And the demon says with the green eyes, very well, we will return your soul. And he presses Spike's chest. He does a suck job on Spike. And no, lights it's a it up. reverse <laughs> suck job. It's true. It's a blow job. It's a <laughs> But like, fuck this season finale, honestly. <laughs> okay, 
The demon does a blowjob on Spike. <laughs> and Spike screams as if that wasn't why he came to the cave in the first place. <laughs> Spike wanted a blowjob. So fate to black. Um, okay, so I guess Spike earned his soul back. I think the biggest question that is on everyone's mind at this point is who gives a shit? No, just kidding. That's not the question. The, the question is, did he mean to get his soul back or did he mean to get de-chipped? <sighs> So canonically, because I, I have to say this so that a thousand people don't write in, Joss Whedon and Jane Espenson and other Buffy writers and producers have said they always intended for Spike to get a soul back. That was what they intended us to see it as. They did mislead James Marsters back in uh, Seeing Red and uh, Villains that you know they, they, they made him think that Spike was going to go get the chip out so that he'd play those first scenes a certain way, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, and, and to this day, I, the way I read this scene is that he thinks he's going to get the chip out. I understand that canonically I am wrong and that that is not what is going on here according to word of God. But at the same time, I just I think they did a bad job telegraphing that. Well, I'm actually very confused. I, I would have said in my heart of hearts, if you hadn't just told me that canonically he wanted his soul back, I would have sworn that he wanted his chip out because Agreed. he was so aggressive. Yeah. He was so up until literally this epi this scene where he's like, I'm going to give her what she deserves. Buffy's going to get it. I'm going to give her what she deserves. Like that's it's so aggressive. It's so angry. I just think it's better writing overall for Spike to go all this way, go to all this trouble to get what he wants, which is to get his chip out. But instead, he gets what he needs, which is a soul so that he can be redeemed or that he can start doing good the way Angel does. You know, like, I just think that would have been better. So that's how it plays out to me. Uh, I'm glad that you clarified that he is he did indeed want to get a soul. But like, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Spike, you're, you keep saying, like, so Buffy can get what she deserves, so I can give Buffy what she needs. Like, you know, uh, Spike, you almost raped Buffy, okay? I don't think she wants you in any way. I don't think she wants you in Sunnydale. She definitely doesn't want a relationship with you. So, like, the fuck? Like, you're doing this for you. You're not doing this for Buffy. You try to rape her. <laughs> So you're just like Xander, like you saving the world doesn't undo all the shitty things you did. Spike, you getting a soul is not going to undo what you did to Buffy. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out when we get to the season seven. But as it is, we have now completed the episode, Fade to Black. And who's your hero, Kara? <sighs> it's tough. I would love to say Buffy for defeating Willow, but clearly that's not a possibility. <laughs> Buffy um, did defeat a lot of roots today, though. It's true. You know, mm. you got to be careful with those roots. Um, right? I am going to go ahead and say my hero is the swords. That button. <laughs> um, the effigy? Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll give it to Giles. As much as I was critical of, like, I don't think that was your plan, Giles. Like, let's put it this way. Giles came back. He came back. He came all the way from England with this borrowed magics. He couldn't see properly because he forgot his glasses. You know, um, he had to oversee the destruction of the business that he was still a silent partner in and then be <laughs> ministered to by Anya. 
Um, you know, like he had to go through a lot in this episode. He got a suck job from Willow. Like, mm. so yes, like Giles has played <laughs> his part here. Um, even if I propose that he wasn't intentional in how things worked out, things did work out. Good job, Giles. I'm still laughing at blowjob. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I can make you cry sometimes. <laughs> Um, I also gave it to Giles and it literally killed me because like of all my bitching about how this season was just a masterclass on shitting on women. I really want to give the season finale hero award to we a can. woman. I, I just I, The writers are not letting us do it. So I also gave it to Giles because he came here to willingly sacrifice himself. Least toxic man on the show. But he is. And he like he literally nearly died. I think he knew he was going to die. He said that he's like silly girl. I'm dying. Um, so that's that's nice. He was he he's the Buffy from last season. He was gonna he was gonna sacrifice himself. And if I hadn't already forgiven him, just when he uh, appeared out of teleportation uh, at the end of last episode, if I didn't already forgive him for abandoning Buffy this season, I definitely would forgive him now for almost dying in the sacrifice in the good fight. That's fair. Um, okay. We have some hot stakes. First up, Trick wants to talk about Alison Hannigan's portrayal of an addict. Trick loved it so much and says she had everything going right and someone destroys that. Numbing any and all pain you can, having someone like Xander to save the day. Uh, I didn't like the reason why she wanted to destroy the world. I always got the vibe, uh, you know, if her world was forced away, no one can bring her back or wanted to. To me, it was her telling herself, my world is destroyed and vengeance reaped. Why should everyone else have their worlds while I have lost mine forever? It's not fair. Time to make them feel what I'm feeling. Uh, which is, you know, that is a TV trope, is put them all out of my misery is the name of the TV trope. And that's what Willow's doing here is, yeah, Willow's feeling her pain and it's amplified by everybody else's pain. Um, but, you know, I appreciate you sharing, Trick, this idea that, like, well, Alison Hannigan's portrayal of Willow as an addict whose dependence on magic has pushed her so far over this cliff that she's willing to to do anything to get rid of the pain she's feeling. Uh, it, you know, it's very raw. And I know that you and I, Steph, we didn't talk as much about the magic as addiction thing right now. I think that's probably because there was so much going on in this episode. Um, and we have lots of time in our season wrap up next week, as well as when we do Willow on trial to get into those things. Mm -hmm. Our next hot stake is from Joshua, who wants to write in about Double Meat Palace. Joshua says the scene where Halfrex shows up and catches up with Anya had me fascinated. I guess I haven't watched some of these these season six episodes in a while, particularly not since I've received training to be a counselor or therapist. Halfrex is a great therapist, if not exaggerated a bit. The way she draws out Anya's feelings by stating her understanding of Anya's anecdotes is something I do. Uh, re, so he corrects you. It's not a question, but a statement of what Anya described. And when Anya hears that inter interpretation, it gets her thinking more about how Xander treats her. The idea of Halfrick being a therapist counselor is doubled down on by her showing up as Dawn's counselor at school. Well done, Joshua. We also stan Halfrick as a counselor. We think that when the wish for Dawn didn't work out in Older and Far Away, she should have just went right back to counseling because we like when she does it. Yeah, I think we were a little harsh on Halfrek in Entropy. I, I did accuse her of being a bad listener at that point because she seemed like she was really kind of trying to steer Anya towards certain things. Um, but I, yeah, I do agree with that reading that back in Double Meat Palace and Older and Far Away, 
Um, you know, she was good at listening to Anya and to Don and those things. Maybe maybe like Halfric is good at listening to people when it serves her interests. Our last hot stake comes from Azure, who wants to talk about Willow in this episode, conveniently. Azure says, first of all, Buffy and Willow's friendship and connection are seemingly thrown out of the window, which sucks since we were gradually seeing them come back together. And not Xander and Willow, who have been pretty awkward since the affair. <laughs> um, so very similar to what you and I were saying earlier in the episode. Um, and then Azure says, the final confrontation with Xander by the Prosperpexa statue, which is so clearly just a Walmart Prosperpina, aka Persephone, uh, especially doesn't hold up because of how disconnected those friends have been for so long. It would have felt more satisfying if they had set up some Xander and Willow friendship moments earlier in the season. They could yes. have shown her casting some sort of protection spell on him out of fear for his safety after what happened to Buffy, seeing as he is one of the few powerless Scoobies. That would have been more thematically satisfying. Don't roast me, Kara. I don't know if I use that correctly. You did, Azure. Good job. And would have explained why he could survive death magic blows. <laughs> As if the show has ever been concerned about that before. No. Azure goes on to say, you know, Willow's own spell and in essence, platonic love would be the thing that's protecting him. Uh, it would have made so much more sense as to why her magic didn't work on him, why he, of all people, was the one to get through to her. Uh, you know, Xander doesn't have a great track record with speeches, uh, but he is her oldest friend. They just haven't acted like best friends properly since season two, uh, before they both started dating other people. So this really hammers in the point a lot of television prioritizes romantic relationships over all others. Hear, hear. <laughs> All right. Thank you for all those hot stakes, everybody. Um, we did it, Steph. We have made it to the end of the penultimate season of Buffy. You know what? <laughs> the other reason why this season finale just doesn't compare to the other season finales we've, ha we've had, including Restless, is because it's the shortest one that we've ever recorded. <laughs> right? Like, we were done talking about this, like, an hour 20 in, you know? Yeah. So next week, we'll have our season six wrap-up. Um, by the time you listen to this, it will be too late to send in hot stakes, but you can always send them in. We'll read them out during our season seven. Um, and then we have Willow on trial and maybe maybe some other surprises coming your way. Ooh. Don't forget, we have our merch is now available. Prophecygirls.ca slash store will take you to our T Public store. And you can find so many great designs done by Liz Durth. You can get them on t-shirts, on sweatshirts, on mugs, on hoodies, on stickers. People have been posting their photos and tagging us, and we really appreciate oh, it. We will share that on our stories. Steph made this incredible unboxing TikTok showing off her Xander Slander mug. It's so good. Ooh, and we'll have more to come for sure. And lastly, we have a new chosen one joining us. Uh, so thank you very much, Christy, for your support. Uh, Christy says, I became a fan of Buffy when I walked into the living room and sat down to watch TV with my dad, whom I share my sci-fi nerdiness with. Yes, we love a daddy-daughter sci-fi bond. Seven-year-old me thought it was Goosebumps, but no, it was the episode, The Puppet Show. Totally not age-appropriate and may have induced nightmares about guillotines, but I was hooked. My mom didn't approve, but I would wake up early every morning to sneak in an episode of Sailor Moon and then Buffy before I had to get ready for school. Hell yeah. Sailor Moon. I know. I love it. 
Uh, Christy also says, my favorite character has always been Buffy, the best badass quippy queen. I think Queen Cordelia might have something to say about that, Christy. Just saying. <laughs> uh, she also says, I empathize a lot with Faith, Tara, and Willow. It's hard to choose a favorite episode. Some of my faves are Doppelgangland, Tabula Raza, Once More with Feeling, and Fool for Love. Thank you for joining our supporters on Buy Me a Coffee, Christy, as a chosen one. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Christy. Maybe we should do a Sailor Moon rewatch podcast next. <laughs> Maybe that's where we should jump to. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Who knows what's Who gonna happen? Say? One more season. I mean, we have our wrap up and then a couple of on trials, but like one more season, Kara. Twenty-two episodes left. Crazy. And thank you to all of our Buy Me a Coffee supporters, especially our chosen ones. In addition to Christy, we have Lizzie, Emma, Holly, Kyle, Kayla, oh, no. Destiny, Jordan, Erica, Julian, Allison. <laughs> Cara, why? Nicola, Jace, Louise, Haley, Joshua, Tasha, Reese, Ricky, Susanna, Amy, Jasmine, and Rochelle. <laughs> You bitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See you at the season wrap up and see you at season seven. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and Prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. Also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Can't wait to hear from you. Praise Malik. See you next week.